Why, hello, listeners. This is intrepid podcast person Stinkface McGee. Talking to you here for the Scars of Wrath weekly podcast, coming to you direct from the bowels of New Zealand's South Island. So, hold on to your hats. Interview time today. Have you heard of the band The Night Flight Orchestra? This one is a retro hard rock side project for or of none other than Bjorn Stride, aka Speed, probably best known for his work with world famous metal band Soilwork. Hey, pedigree interview, big prize stuff we're talking about here. Uh, whether you know this, about the side project of his or not, you're soon going to find out all about it. As uh, well, I talked to Bjorn all about it. But uh, so we've got an interview with Bjorn, and I talked to him very shortly. That is some time ago, actually, and, and some months ago, and I haven't listened to it since I recorded it. I remember there was a brief mention of uh, how they juggle work with the sort where he juggles work with saw work uh, and a few other things. But that's our first thing we've got for you. This interview got be some pre-recorded, pre-recorded compared to this, some pre-recorded other other pre-recorded audio. And afterwards, we're going to go into a bit of a background into NFO, as fans call the Nightflight Orchestra. That's after the interview, and then after that, then again, number three on our list is we're going to go have a look at what Saul worker up to. Uh, well, these days, as uh, early 2019, they have, well, they're due to release their 11th studio album. They've been around for a wee while. If you're into that melodic death metal side of things, stick around to the very end. But we've got hard rock, retro hard rock, up until that point. And I will get into that very, very shortly. Don't like mucking around too much. But in the meantime, skullsofwrath.com is the place to go. We do have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, and I guess there's a YouTube floating around somewhere. Yeah, yeah do your things here, I guess, if you want to. I mean, statistics say you're probably listening to this through either iTunes or the other podcast networks. So you don't really need to bother with the other social media side of things. So, you know, that's how things go, though. That's the way things roll in this modern time of podcasting. And because, of course, I do have a background in radio, I, uh, well, I'm just bragging with that. I just, I guess I just know which end of the microphone to talk into. Well, I mean... This one's technically cardioid pattern, so I guess I should say which side are we in joke there, if you don't mind. Under the matter at hand, though, there are a few uh, something something orchestras floating around out there from electric to philharmonic. But we're dealing with the night flight variety today in this podcast, and Bjorn, Mr. Stride, Mr. Speed Bjorn, is their vocalist. In this epic quest of retro hard rock homage and worship. And in these modern times, I mean, really, honestly, how can you go past some quality and classic guitar based music? I ask you this question. Anyway, stop mucking around. Go check us out there. All our Facebook pages, all our Instagram pages. It's Just go to scarsofwrath.com. This is episode 11. This is talking with Bjorn Stride from Nightflight Orchestra and Soil Work. And this is us talking to him right now. Skies of Wrath. I'm Stinkface. Here we go. We just finished up the Soil Work album and uh, and at the same time been doing a lot of press for, for the new Nightflight Orchestra album. So very <laughs> busy times indeed. Yeah, now, 
I, I saw that, which is why I bring it up. Is that a a bit of a juggling act, or is that kind of a matter of perfect timing, you know, purposefully slotting it in there kind of thing? Well, uh, so far, so good, I guess. I mean, uh, the the new Soulwork album is going to be released in the end of this year or beginning of next, and here we are uh, with Night Flight Orchestra releasing the album on June 29th. So, I mean, sooner or later, it's uh, it's going to be pretty hard to plan, at least when it comes to shows. But we have we have the same booking agents, so that definitely helps. All right, and is that work in terms of Night Flight Orchestra being... Um, uh, I guess everyone's from uh, all over the place. Are we all sort of under the same umbrella there to make things run a bit smoother with uh, Night Flight as well? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, because, uh, you know, Night Flight Orchestra started as, as somewhat of a project, but uh, we realized that we had something really magical, and uh, now it's a real band, and, you know, with pre- pretty big sort of ambitions, you know, so... Um, it's 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 very serious, I guess, you know, because it's uh, we we aim to to you know tour as much as possible for for this band as well, you know. I think watching us live is 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 a whole new dimension, you know, after listening to our records. So it's it's something that we really enjoy doing. So we will we will find a way for sure. But it's it's very liberating, you know, to have sort of night flight and then also soul work. It's sort of you know. Um, represents both me and, and, and David, the guitarist, who's in both bands in, in, in a very good way, I think. Obviously, with Soilwick, your uh, vocal talents uh, are presented quite uh, quite well um, over the, the various albums and, and sort of your vocal range, I think is what I'm referring to. Um, so when sort of the specifically, you know, your sort of 80s hard rock band comes out, are we, uh, this is probably a question you've been asked a lot, is, is sort of the fan base that comes out, are they kind of, Repurpose soil work fans, or are they sort of a new generation of hard rock fans? Do you it's think? a it's a big mix mix of everything, really. You know, when we did our first European tour right before Christmas last year, it was almost like we brought out people uh, that never really goes to the same show. You know, it was a big mix. It was everything from you know prog dads to hipster pop kids to to metalheads to yeah i don't know everything in between you know it was it was really interesting to see you know uh but i think of course a lot of a lot of you know fans of, of arch enemy and soul work have discovered us that way you know um and it seemed like last year we became every metalhead's guilty pleasure <laughs> in a way uh which which is cool you know and i think uh, at the same time i think you know, metalheads are really picky. I think they can, you know, they would have been able to see through it if it wasn't done um, in a genuine way, you know, and and uh, with a lot of presence, which 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 there is, because this really runs deep. You know, it's something that there's a lot of passion and thought behind. So um, in the end, I guess we're just showing people something different, you know, and. Uh, um, I think it, it is very much of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, but I think it, most people appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to lump myself in there. I, I discovered you guys with your uh, Gemini video, and again, I think I even mentioned it on a broadcast as guilty pleasure. I think I'm just, I thought I was special in there. I'm just in the same box as everybody else, it seems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, so Amber Galactic, I was mistaken. I thought that was your 
I mean, not doing any proper research. I thought that was your debut, but that was obviously your first one with Nuclear Blast. Yeah. Um, now we have uh, Sometimes the World Ain't Enough, um, again on Nuclear Blast. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about this one? It's a, about a month away before it's released. Is it going to be sort of as catchy and classic sounding mm. as Amber Galactic, or is it kind of like some sort of next step into into that sort of uh, arena? Yeah, I guess th this one is um, people. Some people have described it as, as more danceable, <laughs> and I mean nothing nothing wrong with that. Uh, of course, um, it's slightly more 80s oriented i would say early 80s we've been working more with 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 the keyboards and and a lot of percussion too actually uh and it is very catchy it's sort of like upbeat and and uh oriented and but you know there's definitely some twists and turns as well you know when you think you know exactly what's coming next uh it's like no you don't because <laughs> then you know you have songs like the last of the independent romantics which is like a, this nine minute song and it's almost like an, an album in itself, you know. So it's, um, I think it, it's it's a very sort of playful, you know, it's a band that has sort of a playful approach to music, you know. And and at the same time, there's some, you know, really complex arrangements, but this most of the songs really speaks directly to you, um, which is interesting. That's always sort of the challenge that we that we've had, you know, that we enjoy. So it's uh it's a super melodic album with uh you know uh some some of the songs maybe takes longer to to get into and some some other songs is just like you know it's sort of like an instant hit but you know that's that's the beauty of it I think. Yeah cool. Uh, given that you're obviously uh, inspired by that era the whole sort of 80s side of things and uh far for me to sort of comment on it at all I'm just um just a, a essentially just a DJ behind a microphone hitting buttons. There's no skill in this. I imagine the recording processes from that sort of time period is uh, not not even just the technology, it's just the sort of various processes or whatever involved has changed quite a bit, and even the songwriting as well. Are we um, with your sort of previous experience? Are you sort of molding uh, the new sound to sort of fit, or are we sort of uh, are you exploring kind of those sort of retro? ideas and and, uh, and producing an album if that makes sense yeah i guess in a way because i mean to, to us it's also a, a a way of composing and producing uh, and performing songs you know and that's sort of like a lost art so it's not you know just a nostalgia act or or even like a pastiche you know it runs way deeper than that and that goes all the way into the production of things as well but that being said you know it's not recorded on tape it's recorded digitally and and uh, uh but as, i think it's it's very focused on the actual songwriting you know and and also of course all the details in the music um i think you know late 70s and early 80s had a lot of details in the music and you would you know going through the song so many times and you still found new things popping up you know so that that's sort of what we focus on uh, when it comes to production, also the songwriting. Yeah, cool. Uh, now again, I guess uh, showing my ignorance here a wee bit, but uh, I personally never really got into that sort of '80s hard rock sound in any sort of strong uh, way, much like into heavy metal, you know, sort of things beyond what sort of bled through on the radio growing up mm. and all that. Um, so, uh, but I mean, you know, uh, a band like you sort of coming through, and like I said, the uh, 
tags with soil work and Arch Enemy sort of brought me into it. But mm. is your sound for uh, maybe particular songs um, sort of, are they created through a general sort of homage to the era or are we sort of at times looking at particular uh, inspirations from certain bands or, or songs? Hard to say. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, there's so many influences that we have, you know, uh, and and it, it took us some time to channel all of those influences and and to find something sort of like a personal take on it, you know. And um, of course, you can throw so many references around, but I think uh, you know it is a homage, you know, for sure. But I think it's also refreshing in many ways, and I think. You, you can sit there, you know, and it's like, oh, what's that song sounds like something else, you know, and it's like, and then you never really come to the conclusion exactly what it is. And I think it's just the vibe of it, you know, and uh, I think, um, I think, it's, you know, it's it also has to do w with the melodies, because I think we've been blending everything from sort of the, the American, like sort of West Coast scene. Uh, from that era to sort of like Swedish pop in the 70s and 80s as well, you know, that might be sort of, you know, something that people outside Sweden never heard, sort of heard of, you know, at least from that era, you know, then we had the cardigans and we had rock set that became huge and obviously ABBA. And there is a lot of ABBA too, I would say, in in, in the Night Flight Orchestra, you know. So it's uh, it's really all over the place, but I think it's 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 a really... I think we've made a really, really personal interpretation of it and, and, and made it into our own. And um, that's probably why it feels so genuine and, and somewhat refreshing. It's not just a pastiche or a nostalgia act. You know, it's not a, not just a bunch of metalheads who got drunk together saying like, oh, let's let's do something, you know, 70s, 80s. And that's it. You know, it runs way deeper than that. that there's a lot of thought and a lot of knowledge and a lot of love behind it. When I was researching this, like, I couldn't get away from the idea of uh, of uh, Steel Panther, unfortunately, yeah. they're kind of same. They're, they're taking, I mean, the tongue thoroughly in cheek with them, obviously. Mm. Um, but you've still got the, um, you know, you've got the what do you got the, the sports jackets, the blazers, whatever. Going, you've got, you know, you've got the different look and mm. uh, the um, and you, essentially you're, you're still playing that part um, in the videos and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Just wondering if. Uh, I think I know where you you're sort of going with it, and I mean, I, I, I personally I see a clear difference because uh, it's you know of course there's a lot of love behind Sealed Panthers music as well, you know, and and but it's it's still you know I I saw them when they were um, metal school, you know, it was a party band and it was sort of like they're not mocking, but it's sort of like a it is a pastiche and, and it's, and it's it, you know, all for the fun of it, you know, and there's wigs and there's spandex, you know, and uh, I believe, you know, we, of course, we have the gimmicks as well, you know, and, and I'm not trying to slag off Steel Panther either because they're a fantastic band and like they, you know, they've written some amazing songs, you know, but they're, it's very sort of, Especially the lyrics, that's where it's very different, you know, um, for us, I think. Because it's, you know, Steel Panther have really, like, dirty lyrics and sort of fun lyrics. And, you know, we're actually telling stories, you know, based on personal experiences as well, you know. And, and, and I think 
it just runs a little bit deeper. It's it's not just like a fun project, you know. It's it's a real band, and there's real love behind it. And of course, we have the gimmicks, but there needs to be a balance, you know, because there's way too many bands doing sort of like the fun thing out there, and then there's no really substance to it. And I think you know, even metalheads would have been, you know, I think they're pretty picky. They would have been able to see through that if it wasn't genuine. And uh, you know, people ask us like, "Are you serious?" Yes, we're hundred you know, percent serious, but there's also, you know, that element of, of, uh, sort of recognition and, and also being able to have a laugh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and with the videos like you, you mentioned as well, you know, you might as well have fun making a video, but it's also because we love how videos look back then, you know? So I think we have the perfect balance, but we, we created this band for the very right reasons and, and the reasons were not to just have a laugh. That's definitely not what it is. You know, and uh, it's it's the real deal. Um, you've got uh, saw work um, just going ahead. You've got uh, Nightfolk Orchestra um, uh, steaming ahead. I'm, I'm sort of loving what you're sort of putting out there as well. Uh, just in terms of uh, that drive and passion that you have for music, is there anything that, um, uh, that you can sort of put your finger on or, or can sort of uh, highlight that, I don't know, maybe helps you along with that? Maybe, well, what sort of fuels that fire that you have, um, or... Yeah, I mean, this is some, this is something that, you know, has been there the whole time, you know, and something that I wanted to do, but I think I also needed to do 20 years of soul work before, uh, before even approaching something like this. There's no way I could have started a band like this, even though I like music ever since I was growing up, you know, all kinds of music. I've always been a musical chameleon, you know, and... I, I've been doing the metal thing for 20 years, and then there's this, and and I've always felt felt sort of frustrated to be able to channel all all of my influences into one band. You know, it's really really hard. So there's there's definitely a lot of fire behind it, and it's something that's been burning inside of me, and now it's sort of out there, and it's it's very different from solo work, but I feel also very balanced, and I think both me and David can. You know, say that it really represents us in in a good way. It sort of, sort of says everything about us, like when it comes to to music. So I think it's it's also about sort of ex exploring your abilities as a musician. I don't know if that answered your question, but uh... pretty terrible question to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's um, I think it's pretty much almost our time there. Thanks so much for talking to me today. Um, Thank you. I look forward to the album coming out for sure. Um, uh, one thing I did notice, I, I feel that. I get the sense that uh, with a lot of bands that sort of the sound sort of uh, mellows a wee bit, mate, well, not really, that's not, probably not the right word, but when you think of bands like Opeth and, and Mastodon who um, can sort of turn it on, uh, but now sort of decide not to over the years, you still get that feeling, um, kind of the essence that they're a heavy metal band playing it soft in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess obviously you've mentioned it before. I guess with with the Nightfolk Orchestra, uh, you could uh, I've literally sort of played it with uh, for coworkers, um, and they wouldn't have a not having known who Sawwork or Arch Enemy are, and they just they love the so sound, they love the song, and there's no sort of um, you know you've, you've obviously got your own identity, yeah, uh, solidly fixed. And I think uh, uh, that's a good thing, sort of quite refreshing these days sometimes with um, uh, you know, so-called supergroups and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess you can't really tell that it's metal musicians doing it, and I guess that's the <laughs> the beauty of it in a way, you know, as well. Yeah. Because if you it's like, oh, it's this, 
if you if you you, you show these songs to your coworkers and it's like okay so now you listen to this and then you'll put on Long Live the Misanthrope by Soul Work. It's the same guy, you know. It's the same <laughs> musicians, basically. You know, me and Dave, they they wouldn't believe you probably. Hmm. It's uh, and that's what makes it interesting, you know. I think that's really cool. It's like very much of a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Okay, 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 okay. Still down now. Thank you, though, for tuning into that interview and this podcast as a whole. We're going to go into a bit of the background into Nightflight Orchestra now for a second. They have four albums out, did you know? They formed, what, mid noughties in the 2000s, 2006, 2007. And uh, four albums, what else? Also, we're going to go into some saw work after that as they uh, approach, let's we'll see what saw works are up to. As they approach their 11th studio release in 2019. Of course, with Bjorn himself, with his band, his, his, his I guess, uh, the technical term is Swedish uh, melodic death metal uh, monster uh, giant of a band, soil work that is. You typically see his vocal range uh, go from sort of the metal screams of one or two varieties, I guess, of, of, of varying degrees of gutturalness, to seamlessly moving to the more melodic, clean slash rock kind of singing, but all obviously with the uh, backed with the edge of, of, of your typical kind of rapid fire speed and aggression sitting right behind it. And again, as I said, uh, or maybe I didn't, Swark fans would be familiar with his seamless transitioning as far as it goes in terms of metal with between these techniques. Now what might floor you if you are not familiar with the Nightfight Orchestra is his absolute mastery with the 80s hard rock singing style in my humble opinion. High register, clean screams, one second to natural singing styles pulled right from some kind of cassette tape, eight track tape even, gathering dust in some old uh, uh, cliche 80s car. Now I have a hunch of course that uh, is this hard rock venture, the Nightfight Orchestra, might naturally attract out of a live audience a kind of more modern heavy metal crowd purely for the fact of their, their sort of associations with saw work and not to mention arch enemy uh, but it's not to forget the scale the absolute sheer scale of musicianship and talent gathered in this band in this hard rock band earns surely earns your appreciation regardless of where you've come from now from what i can tell uh, thanks to wikipedia <laughs> Now, the band originates back to the mid-2000s on a soil work tour, I think, of North America somewhere, where Bjorn, who we spoke to today, and uh, a studio guitarist that he was familiar with, but he may have been filling in, I have a feeling, I don't think it's, it's been stated as much, but one guitarist, David Anderson, found themselves classically bonding over some classic rock. Uh, I think there's some sort of hypothetical situations involved and other things that might not be entirely safe for family slash work situations but given the way that music fans that metal heads are I guess or rock fans really they take too long for the likes of Charlie D'Angelo from Arch Enemy keyboard player Richard Larson and uh, what's his name drummer Jonas Karlsbeck from the Swedish traditional heavy metal band of Mean Street. Well, that's the drummer. Anyway. Uh, all these guys quickly jumped on board 
and and the debut 2012 quickly rolled around internal affairs is what it was called unfortunately this one this particular album saw minimal live outings as it were possibly due to busy schedules of saw work and arch enemy you see these massive metal bands tend to have their own busy schedules but i gave the album a quick once over just for this like i say it's a pretty outstanding debut as far as debuts go but compared to later releases we have four albums under about at this point it's kind of a little bit more hmm, on the nose in terms of uh, their influences and while it might be a little crude and not totally accurate kind of sentiment to state it's kind of i get the feeling that these are songs sung in the style of something else now the 2015 follow-up of course uh, skyline whispers seem to uh, add a bit more of a retro flair to their sound not pulled directly from the 80s but sort of take it further afield expand their repertoire if you will uh, a bit more groove not in terms of the metal groove hit out of the gutter with that one but actual groovy and grooviness got a more on the danceable side of things if you're into that sort of thing uh, female spoken clips that we see later on that uh, become a, a, a focal, focal point I don't know if that's, a, that's not the right word, is it? A foreign language thing going on there. And it feels to me like Bjorn, who we spoke to today, uh, becoming more comfortable with the, the, the varieties of, of hard rock vocal styles he can pull from. Sort of getting more comfortable with that. So he's sort of sitting down and going, ah, oh, I like the sound of this. There's still the odd moment of, uh, I don't know, ah, I can see what you did there. Uh, but the, those moments, again, of excellence, of the, the potential for Night Flight is shining through as well. I do say so myself. Now, if we're being honest, moving on to their next album, their third album in 2017, Amber Galactic on Nuclear Blast Records, woefully, is where I came on board. I say woefully because it took three albums. Your humble heavy metal hero right here discovered the band, found them to be an irresistible guilty pleasure. Don't know whether it got me first. Well, also, the opening track, uh, uh, Midnight Flyer, the music video for the track Gemini with its mishmash homage of heavy metal, as in the cartoon movie, the animated movie, sci-fi operas just in general, uh, 80s cartoon gore that used to be, you know, Saturday morning cartoon gore that wasn't afraid to, to, to do a little bit of bloody damage to, to their characters, and of course just general sexiness in some of their uh, <clears throat> situations. You're, of course, not to mention their enticing mid-album track Domino. I think those are, I'm, what I'm saying in a roundabout kind of way, so that's probably my pulls from that album. Uh, I'll give the whole thing a crack, I don't care. This year, of course, saw a frankly rapid fire turnaround for the 2018 release of Sometimes the World Ain't Enough. What are these guys doing? Now, f I feel like they found their sound and kind of went, yep, there you go, with Amber Galactic. And, uh, well, given the scale of professional musicianship and talent, you have on offer here. It's, I feel like it's really just a matter of expanding their scope of where they want to explore and how much flair and do they want to add to it. And that's kind of maybe I haven't spent too much. I've spent as long with this album as I had with Amber Galactic, of course. But I feel like that's a little bit of what's going on. Uh, yeah. So that's your four albums here. Now what we're going to do quickly? It's going to depart from standard proceedings and live on the podcast we're going to check out their facebook page 
as an indicator of what they're doing right now, right live, because previously when I thought of this, I was like, what are these guys doing? Well, they're not up to much, are they? And suddenly, there's uh, a, suddenly there's a flurry of tour dates. They're touring all throughout Europe, throughout November and December, hitting up all sorts of venues over in December. So they're on a massive tour. They're selling out gigs, uh, well, in Stockholm, apparently. But also, one I wanted to point out was their first two albums are being released, or re-released, I think, on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, if they would stop with all their posting on how good they are and all the music videos and keeping fans up to date with what's going on, I could find out what's going on. The first two albums soon to be released on vinyl, pre-recorders via Nuclear Blast. There we go. So out the November 23rd, which is approaching shortly, first two albums for the first time ever will be available on vinyl. So there we go. So those two albums I just referred to just before you could pick them up. That's what I wanted to clarify. Not out just yet, but very, very, very shortly. Okay, so that's essentially, they're on tour at the moment, so they're active. They're still, still going. 2007 and 2018 were two years in a row where they put out an album. So you get this feeling that the band are, well, they're on fire at the moment, I feel like. Now, what's happening with Sawwork, though? Moving on to Sawwork. Now, if you're a fan of Sawwork, as I mentioned, they're, they're Swedish, obviously. Melodic death metal band. It's kind of, if you're a fan of melodic death metal, you know that there's a sort of a typical kind of sound. You're in flames, sort of uh, scar symmetry kind of sounding thing. You know what we're sort of talking about here. That kind of, I mean, I might say everything's exactly the same, but there's kind of, you know, you got your thrash metal, the thrash metal band. That sort of thing. So the upcoming album, Virk Lighten, this is due for release in early 2019. Now, this is the band's 11th. As I mentioned earlier, since they formed in 1995, I think that's it was. Well, Bjorn, uh, who we spoke to today, he's the only uh, original member of the band. But don't hold that against the band. When things like Megadeth poaching your drummer, long-term drummer, you really can't be sort of held account to things going on. See what I mean? Well, I did hear that the new drummer that they got going on, which he's doing, Sebastian, everything's a good job. The new drummer, I think, was a student, or was certainly trained up by Dirk, the, the previous drummer, who you can hear on Megadeth at the moment. So this is kind of, this is high-scale stuff. Uh, I don't know what else to really say here too much, without sort of, or with the idea of keeping it short, and without sort of running on forever and a day. But with the album coming out, I know that I've seen so far that there are two advanced singles. Yeah, uh, first one I saw, there are a lot of uh, comments on the things about uh, influences uh, about Night Flight Orchestra. They're like, oh, this sounds like Night Flight. Oh, turning Sawwork into Night Flight Orchestra. And I think this is confusing your melodic sections with a hard rock tribute worship homage band. Because side by side, nothing at all. There is no similarities whatsoever. The track, the Sawwork, the new Sawwork track, chucks in a whole bunch of, a couple of chaotic moments and all sorts of other typical features of a, of a melodic death metal band. Granted, the, uh, the melody, the, the, the melodic section stands on its own two feet a little bit more, which is where I think the confusion lies. I think if you're mainlining saw work, you're not going to notice too much difference. If you're gobbling up all the uh, nuclear blast uh, uh, promo, they're pushing Nightfight hard because it's an excellent band. They're pushing Sawwork hard as well because it's also another excellent band. 
then you're probably going to be like, well, I was just listening to these four albums by Nightfight Orchestra. Now I'm going to listen to this one track of Sawwork. Oh, I think I hear a similarity. No, I think you're just confusing a melodic section for uh, a completely different melodic band. <sighs> so YouTube comments, you've been told. <laughs> now the other track, which I think is uh, Arrival. I think that's Arrival. This is, I think this is probably more your meat and potatoes uh, melodic death metal. This is what we're talking about here. You're, you know, this is, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the sort of more metallic fans of, of In Flames and certainly Scars, Symmetry, uh, like I mentioned earlier, would, would be eagerly anticipating the release of, or we liking this sound, I think. Uh, some of your giants in this field, or overall, in metal in general, sometimes are arguably sort of moving away from the metal, the, the metal edge, as it were. These guys seem to be embracing it all around. I think they're just, they're not saying stagnant by any means. They're not experimenting a huge amount, I wouldn't say. But what they're doing is, is, I don't know, they're doing good. Doing good. They're, they're keeping it, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy track, it's a fast track. The new drummer's almost giving us some permanent blast beats. Just to sort of prove his worth almost. And the Malak side, like I said, is there. But this one smooches more, I think, with the, the heavy side of things. Certainly compared to the first track, I think. So, overall, my uh, hopes are high for this new Sawwork album. 2019, I think it's going to be a good year for soil work. There, I mean, Bjorn's on a massive tour with Night Flight. So, all round, all good, I think. Uh, and so that's us here. I don't think we have anything else to say. Check us out for future episodes. Uh, Skullsoftwrath.com is a place to go. My name has been Stinkface, and we'll catch you guys later. This is all off the cuff, so I don't have anything funny to say, because I'm not funny in real life. I'm only funny when I have something funny to say. So go check us out, scuzzofrath.com. Send us a message on our Facebook or, or, or our Instagram. Can you send messages on Instagram? Maybe it's just photos. Maybe send photos of your stink face to us on Instagram. I think we'd like that. Yeah, let's go with that. All right, we'll catch you later. Next time, we'll catch you in episode 12 next time, which, by the way, if you're listening to this point, I'm going to give you a spoiler. It's going to be for the sword. Benefits of listening late into a podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm tired. I need to sleep and uh, have a drink and uh, uh, maybe go to the loo. I'll see you later.